Welcome to our podcast. I'm Mia. And I'm Vincent. And this is our journey into the ethical non-monogamous lifestyle. And we hope you'll join us for the ride. We're on Instagram as Room for More Podcast. And also Twitter, Room for More One. And we're on fabswingers.com as Room for More Podcast. So please get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from anyone who wants to talk to us. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Room for More podcast. Hi there, I'm Vincent. And I'm Mia. And this week uh, we have an unusual episode for you. We're going to have a quick kind of intro and then the main part of it is going to be about Tantra Massage. Um, So we have a really interesting interview which uh, Mia did with um, a person we know very well. Uh, So there's going to be an interview on that. And then we'll have a little bit of a discussion about our experience as a couple um, with Tantra Massage and then we're going to have our newly found favourite um, feature of the podcast which is the Q&A part at the end. Yeah because so many people seem to respond really positively to the last episode which we did mostly Q&As and asked could we include some more so we decided to have a little segment at the end of every episode where we pick our favourite questions and we try and answer them as best we can. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we we put it out there last week um, and there were loads of questions came back. So we can't answer them all. So what we've done is we've picked a few that we feel are somewhat representative as well. And we're going to have a go at answering those. Yeah. So hopefully you like that at the end. So first of all, we'll uh, go straight to the interview I did with John, who is a Tantra massage practitioner and has been involved in the lifestyle for many a year. He's very experienced in terms of um, all sorts of massage, in terms of Tantra. Um, and we had a lovely experience with him and uh, we've always stayed very friendly with him. And I was very interested in his take on Irish sexuality and um, I guess more so as well on, on what Tantra is and how it can benefit people. Okay, John, so tell me about your journey into Tantra Massage. I'm in Ireland and I'm a Tantra Massage practitioner. And um, I came to Tantra in the past uh, 12 years or so after much exploration into personal development and uh, body work. And uh, after doing many massage training courses like Lomi Lomi Massage, Sports Massage, Aromatherapy, Reiki, and you name it, every massage course under the sun, uh, eventually, I found Tantra about, I think it was in 2001, I found Tantra. And I studied it for a long time on my own, online. And then I decided to seek out teachers around the world who I respected and uh, felt that they could teach me. Um, so I went on a tantric journey for a couple of years. And I found many teachers in many different countries. But one I choose was a guy in England at the time. And he's now in the Czech Republic. His name is John Hawken. And his place is the Paths of Transformation. And with him, I studied shamanism, tantra, and bioenergetic healing therapy. Okay, so first of all, before we go any mm. further, for people who really don't know anything about what tantra is, Mm. can you just explain basically what you mean when you talk about tantra? Well, tantra is a Hindu philosophy. Um, It's probably unusual in Ireland to have Hindu philosophies, but yoga also is a Hindu philosophy. People are familiar with yoga. And there is Tantra yoga. 
so it is a form of yoga, but it mainly revolves around uh, exploring sensuality and accepting your sensual self, your sensual body, which includes sexuality. And a lot of our therapies in the Western world do not include sexuality, but in the Eastern world, they certainly do. And if you go to visit a lot of the tantric temples in India, you'll see wonderful statues uh, depicting every kind of sexual act and sexual pleasure that you could possibly imagine. Um, So Tantra doesn't focus on sexuality, but it certainly focuses on pleasure, sensuality, and doesn't exclude sexuality. Okay, so um, you went on your journey and you found somebody to teach you. And then you came back and you decided to go into this profession. Uh, How did that go? I came back to Dublin, Mia, and uh, this was around maybe 2003. And I had an idea with a friend of mine that we could explore Tantra and develop it and and try and uh, let other people know about it and share it. And we decided to set up some sort of a Tantric community and a Tantric club where we'd meet on a Saturday night and do Tantric stuff. And uh, we were all uh, very enthusiastic about it. Uh, We thought this would be great. This is what Ireland needed. And we knew what Ireland needed at the time. Uh, However, we were uh, quickly disappointed. In those days, pre-internet, we advertised in Buy and Sell, in the small lads at the back of Buy and Sell magazine. And we got one reply. One reply, uh, Mia, to our uh, ad. And we reviewed then what we were offering and uh, we figured, okay, people don't want Tantra. It's uh, sexuality with spirituality. How about just offering the sexuality bit? So we decided to put another ad in and we advertised ourselves as a swingers club. And we were inundated with replies. We had thousands of replies from Irish people all over Ireland. And we realized, okay, this is the way people want to go. We might have a different philosophy, but this is what people want. So around 2003, I think, I can't remember now exactly the days, we set up a swingers club in Dublin, myself and my buddy. And uh, we decided we'd run it for one year and uh, for fun. And it was located in Dublin city centre. And it was one of the first swingers clubs that we know of uh, in Ireland at the time. So that was uh, quite a big thing. It was a big thing. Uh, We were very nervous about running it. Uh, We were very excited as well. We thought it was a great idea. And certainly, judging by the numbers of very enthusiastic swingers who came along, it was a great idea. Um, But I suppose Ireland was in a a strange place then where uh, if you spoke publicly about being a swinger, uh, it could bring a lot of difficulties into your life. Mm. So we I think ha- it's still a bit like that, though. It is a bit like that, uh, but it's more widely known, more widely talked about, and I think more people n- have, at least have heard the name Swinging. Yeah. And uh, th- there are lots of websites where you can browse and ha- gather information on it. At that time, there wasn't much place to gather information other than a few books that have been published in America and come out of California in the 60s and 70s and the Swinging Generation. Yeah. Um, so we set up our uh, wonderful swinging club in the heart of Dublin City, and it was fantastic. And how, how did you vet people? Well, they'd reply to our ad and give us a number, and we'd talk to them on the phone. And a few things that we, we, were, we wanted, to, wanted to make sure that when the couple got to our club, that they were happy to be there. They were both happy to be there, and that we would be happy to be with them. They were people who we would be happy to spend an evening with. Uh, and they would be happy to spend an evening with us and our friends. Uh, so we would have a chat on the phone, and uh, we often decided the best bet here is to talk to Mrs. 
is first of all, is there a madame presence or is it just a guy who wants to come to his fingers club? Uh, it was for aimed at couples only. And uh, once we were sure there was a woman as part of the couple, we were content that they were a good contender to come along. So we then gave them the uh, location of the secret meeting place uh, in Dublin city centre where we would do another little vetting, which was meet and greet in a pub yeah. uh, on a Saturday evening early. Uh, in Dublin city centre, where we get a chance to meet them, uh, talk to the two of them, and be very assured that both of them were happy and knew what they were doing and where they were going. And uh, once we established that both of them were happy, uh, we then brought them around to the secret swingers club, just around the corner, and with a secret knock on the door... (laughs) The whole new world opened up. The door opened and a whole magical world of uh, exploration opened up in front of them. So you kept your your club going for a year. So we kept the club going for a year, and, and, and um, you finished. And after you finished with the club, you still you were interested, obviously, in the tantra side. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I used to do in the club, and it was my own particular thing, apart from setting it up and managing it and cleaning and tidying, was that I offered tantra massage. Okay, in the club. In the club, oh, as part of a little extra, if people wanted to try it out, and it became very popular. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And this was me fulfilling my uh, dream yeah. of offering Tantra massage to people. Um, and certainly uh, they enjoyed it. So once we finished with the club, I decided to continue and I did more training. Um, I went to UK and Czech Republic and uh, continued my Tantra training. Um, and uh, now I'm a fully qualified practitioner here in Ireland. So now you work as a full-time Tantra um person <laughs> yeah um, and I'm, you're quite popular aren't you I am quite popular uh, in Ireland and I do get some people coming from abroad to see me as well because I have worked in different parts of the world around Europe and um, I travel a lot for training so people know about me and certainly my peers in the Tantra world know about me I suppose the Irish scene is different from what you might find in Berlin or Paris or Prague or Moscow Historically, we we have a very interesting approach to sex and sensuality and intimacy in Ireland, and that is reflected in in the people who come to me. In what way? Well, I remember talking to my Tantra teacher, and uh, we were planning an ad campaign as to how we would promote our business. And he was uh, his thing was uh, uh, if you want to experience more orgasms in your life and more pleasure in your body and greater sexuality in the way you are with you and your friends. Uh, come to him and he would explore ways of introducing you to wonderful methods of uh, having multiple orgasms. That's wonderful. Whereas mine was very different. Uh, I realise with the, the Irish audience, um, a lot of, so many people in Ireland have been, uh, have grown up in the Irish Christian approach to sexuality. So a lot of people have been traumatised either through lack of sexual educa- education or just being traumatised through brutality or... Uh, emotional abuse growing up or in schools and sexual abuse. So I have discovered that offering people greater orgasms and multiple orgasms is not the way to go in Ireland because most of the people who would uh, come to me uh, come to begin to experience pleasure in their bodies. So they're only starting. They're only starting on their journey, even as adults, as older adults, as as couples, men and women. Uh, They want to learn about how to experience pleasure. So even for people who've been in long-term relationships, uh, they can have all sorts of uh, issues around um, intimacy and uh, sexual dysfunction. 
And um, it affects their relationships. And even though they may be in loving, tender, long-term, committed relationships, they are missing out on the joy of a wonderful sex life. Okay. And you help them? So I see uh, an opportunity to work with them and share my knowledge um, and my information with them. And I can help them in various ways. Sometimes it's a sit-down chat where I would uh, explain to a man that, for instance, if he has erectile dysfunction, that this happens to every single man on the planet okay. at, from time to time. And that it's just one of those things and it is, you don't have to be too worried about it. I would also explain to a woman um, that if she's not in the mood for sex for a long time, that's, this is okay. It happens to every single woman on the planet. But there are ways of examining it and looking at it and finding out why are, is he or she this way. And there are ways of changing it. Uh, through exercise, through discussion, through perhaps opening your mind to other possibilities. So if a man uh, feels that he has only learned to have sex in one position with his partner, sometimes it's uh, it's time to tell him that there are many more positions uh, he can enjoy. And also for her, if she's uh, used to having sex in one particular way, they've got into a habit that they only have sex on a Saturday night. Well, there are many other ways of enjoying a sexual life and an intimate life, and it often doesn't have to be in the bedroom. No, <laughs> I think we know that. <laughs> but um, I suppose, yeah, I mean, it is quite good for people like that who haven't explored very much. But for people, say, who are more interested in finding out more about their sexuality, um, I know you do a lot of yoni massage. Um, I do. So can you explain what yoni massage is? What is a yoni in the first place? I can. Yoni simply is the Sanskrit word for pussy. Yeah. Or vagina. Mm. Um, the whole area. The, the whole vulva. area. Yeah, the vulva. Yeah. And a lot of people have heard of yoni massage and you can Google yoni massage and a lot of the bad videos you see will show you a quick five minute massage of some man usually massaging a vagina. And uh, that is not a proper yoni massage. There's a much more fabulous way to have and receive a yoni massage. And a yoni massage can last up to three hours. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it would start with a, a chat about the, the woman and her relationship with her yoni. Okay. And uh, what has been her story? If yoni could talk, what would that story be? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, there are lots of interesting stories and women have a whole lifetime and history of yoni and uh, what their yoni has experienced. Mm. Pleasure, joy, pain, of course. Um, um, childbirth, medical examinations, gynecological examinations and pleasure and love and all the rest. Um, so there's a lot of history there. So a, a yoni massage starts simply with a head massage. Okay. Yeah. Head massage, shoulder and neck. Um, and then once the person starts to relax, they then uh, receive a full body massage. Okay. And a full body massage is from the tip of your little toe to the top of your head and all areas in between. And if you choose, and remember it's a woman's choice, if she chooses uh, during the massage that the massage should become more intimate, uh, which would include her yoni, the way to start uh, getting intimate with a woman is to open her heart and if her heart is not open there's no point in trying to open her legs and <laughs> if a lot of men knew this they would understand women a lot better yeah so part of the yoni massage includes a long leisurely massage of her chest her armpits her belly and her breasts as well okay. and when 
she is feeling sufficiently open that she knows she's open and she says she's open and her body clearly is visibly open and she's lying on the table and she's almost purring with delight uh, and she wants something more then she's ready for yoni touch and yoni massage and if none of those things are present like if her body is rigid on the table mm. um, and even though she might say yes this is what i want because my husband says i should or i read it in a book mm. or i saw it on facebook and i'm told it's brilliant well, if her body doesn't say absolutely, oh, fuck me, yes, <laughs> um, it doesn't go as far as a yoni massage. Okay. You also have people, obviously, who come to you with sexual trauma who, who really don't know how to be kind of sexual with themselves or with anyone else, That's men true. and women. That's true. So uh, a lot of men would come with uh, difficulties around sex and intimacy. And uh, it's, it's fair to say that uh, for a lot of men, the issues are in their head, if I might put it very bluntly, very simply. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not in their head. It's, it's to do with what's going on in their minds at the time. Um, and this has come about through their early developmental uh, stage and their developmental areas in the areas of intimacy and sex. So with a man with some sort of sexual dysfunction, I would really want to know, tell me all about your sexual experiences. What happened? Okay. When was your first sexual experience? Tell, let your penis tell its story. What's the story of your penis all through the years? And uh, we start there. And so it's very much like a counselling session. It's a counselling session, yeah. It's talking, uh, it's talking very intimately. And it's talking about things that men don't normally talk about. Uh, they don't talk about it with guys they meet in the pub or on the football pitch or whatever. But it's something that men should be able to share with each other and talk about. Because we all have similar experiences. Women and couples, well, couples come to me as well and women come to me and they have similar experiences and often their difficulties around intimacy are shaped by their early experiences of intimacy and connection. And this happens in the family uh, or in early relationships with boys, we'll say, and what they've learned or maybe not learned about intimacy and sex. Okay, that's really interesting. And so do, you must get a lot of satisfaction if you have somebody coming to see you for a certain amount of time and you're able to satisfy them or show them um, how their own body can be sensually aroused or sexually aroused and they leave you and do you feel that they go out there and they can use that knowledge to, to make themselves, to fulfill themselves? Yeah, and this gives me fantastic satisfaction. And I look on this as my life's work. Okay. Um, and I've finally reached a stage in my life where I, I am uh, teaching something that I love to teach and of course people love to learn. For instance, uh, there would be uh, some women who have never had an orgasm. And, uh, of course, these days, if you haven't had an orgasm, the whole world tells you there's something wrong with you. Yeah. That's not true. It's not true. You just never had an orgasm. And you something is happening that's preventing you from having it. So the satisfaction of introducing uh, exercises and techniques uh, to a woman and her partner to enable her to have... the deeper pleasure in her life and in her body and have orgasms is fantastic. I get great pleasure from it myself. Um, and uh, it's not something that happens in one session. Uh, it takes a number of sessions and a lot of trust has to be built up between um, the two of us uh, because we're both being very intimate with each other and revealing intimacies. Um, and that is the, the, the root 
uh, to deeper sexual pleasure is to become more intimate. Uh, not to try all the every page in the Kama Sutra, but is to allow yourself to feel more intimacy in your life, to allow yourself to intimately connect with the person you're with, and uh, open your heart to pleasure before you open your legs. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever get um, with your clients? Do you ever feel turned on yourself? I know that's that's kind of maybe a question that you shouldn't ask, but it, it, yeah. it's an interesting. It's one. an interesting question, and um, if, in different countries, uh, different therapists practitioners have different views on it. And uh, one of the things I've found here in Ireland is that certainly, let's talk about me meeting women who come here for a tantra session. Uh, generally, if a woman comes to me for a tantra session, she wants she has a difficulty she wants to have resolved. And she wants uh, some resolution to this difficulty. And she wants to be able to talk to somebody who uh, is absolutely trustworthy. What she doesn't want is a horny guy uh, asking her to get up on the massage table, take her clothes off and massage her. That's the last thing she wants. Okay. She wants somebody who's uh, warm-hearted, soft-hearted, friendly, open, and that she can trust uh, that my intention is certainly not to be sexual with her. Okay. So what I'm doing with her is I'm offering her pleasure. I'm giving her pleasure. She's free to take her pleasure from me uh, so she can get as turned on as, as she likes. But it's not my job to pleasure myself or take my pleasure from her. She's here to receive. And I honor that commitment and I honor that with everybody who comes here. Uh, I'm very happy to give and uh, without expecting anything in return. Well, that, well, that takes a very big and very open heart. It does, yeah. yeah. yeah not everybody yeah. could do that. I think so. Um, there aren't that many men uh, working as tantra practitioners in Ireland. Uh, in other countries, there are many, many people. Yeah, so I reckon, um, yeah, something different. And I've become this kind of guy after years and years of living all my life in different parts of the world and having different careers and doing different jobs. And I've finally come to this one. And you're very happy. I'm very happy doing it, yeah. And do you, do you see that sexual attitudes in Ireland are changing? I think they are. And uh, certainly there is a, a group where I would say that the under 45s and the over 45s. Uh, the over 45s have grown up in Catholic Ireland with all, all that that means. The under 45s didn't have uh, the very strict Christian Catholic upbringing. So they've grown up uh, with a lot of freedom and sexual freedom. So I would say there are two separate groups when it comes to uh, sexual attitudes in Ireland. Uh, the, the one um, thing I do notice is that uh, a lot of people younger, quite younger, you know, people in their 20s, early 30s, uh, they have issues around sexuality caused by just watching too much pornography. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and they, the way the brain works, if you watch something long enough, you believe it to be true. And then your brain uh, configures itself so that you think this is something you've seen on a porn site is normal. Um, and that everybody wants sex this way. And uh, eventually this belief system becomes embedded in your brain so that you think that... Uh, uh, certain sexual activities like group sex, anal sex and gangbangs are okay on a first date because this is what you have been led to believe watching porn. So a lot of young men especially uh, believe this and they then try to, I suppose, influence 
the women they meet, and uh, they then have relationships based on uh, what they see on Pornhub. And do do you find that they will have typically sexual problems if they can't recreate these situations? That's very true, Mia. Um, I find that um, they're they have been hardwired from early teenage years to um, watch porn in a certain way, sometimes to watch violent porn. And so that eventually, over the years, their brain only re- and their body only responds to how they've been trained, how they've been educated. So, for instance, somebody who's been watching violent porn, they can only respond sexually, in other words, get a hard on, uh, when what, in, in a violent uh, scenario, or maybe enacting a violent scenario. And if somebody like that comes to you, how do you help them? How do you help somebody like that? Well, it's difficult, but one of the things that I have to uh, explore with them is where did it all start and what happened to their brain uh, over the years? Uh, What were they watching? What were they looking at? And uh, where is their intimate connection in this? Because often there is no intimate connection. It's purely physical. Uh, And we have to somehow work on finding where do you have an intimate connection and how can you spread that intimate connection into your sex life with your partner? So that's really interesting because at the end of the day, most of these problems, I think, come back to intimacy. Yeah, for me, sex is all about intimacy. I've had a lot of sex in my life, but now I've come around to wanting more intimacy in my life. And uh, I suppose that's why I'm good at what I do, is that I don't want to have sex with my clients. Surprisingly, some people might find that a bit unusual. I want an intimate connection with them. And I, I get an intimate connection by offering them what I can offer. And for me in the world, uh, intimacy is, uh, is what I like, it's what I love. So we hope you enjoyed that and I hope uh, you all find it very useful. Um, John has said that if you want to get in touch with him, um, then you can do. So just send us a message. Um, by DM either on uh, any of the social medias or Fab and we'll connect you with him. Yeah, he has his own website and um, I can't recommend him highly enough. So if you're interested in Tantra Massage, if you're a couple um, or if even if you're just interested in exploring your own sexuality and you feel you could do with some help, um, John is a great person to talk to because he's part counsellor, part sex therapist, uh, part Tantra Masseur. Yeah, you can hear from the interview, you know, that he's um, as much interested in the person and, you know, uh, their their history and where they're coming from and everything. And, you know, I, I just really liked his kind of take on the importance of intimacy um, in kind of developing your kind of sexual journey, I suppose. Um, yeah, it echoed a lot of what we've said on this podcast before. Mm, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I guess like from... Our own experience, we met John initially from Fab Swingers. And I guess I was always curious about Tantra Massage. I'm very into yoga um, and mindfulness. And I think Tantra Massage includes quite a lot of uh, the same concepts. Um, And it's very, very, I suppose if you want to kind of a gentle introduction to exploring your sexuality, then it's a good place to start. Um, so we booked an appointment with John and we both went along to see him mm-hmm. and uh, he had a chat with us and when we were all comfortable he said you know come 
to my rooms um, where he practices. So we did and he sat us down and he sat me down and, you know, he was obviously, it was both of us, but, you know, he went through specifically detail by detail what he was going to do, what I was comfortable with because yeah. uh, he made me feel very at ease from the beginning. Yeah, so I think, you know, you know, John is um, is a professionally certified masseur and I think that kind of approach is... It wasn't something I I'd kind of expected, but I, you know I was really impressed with how how professional he was. That there was a really important kind of consultation process that he went through at the start, where he asked you, as this uh, progresses, you know, you have to tell me what you like, what you don't like, you know. Um, where I'm comfortable being touched. Yeah. Uh, did I want like to? Did I want kind of a yoni massage? And you know, a yoni massage is now after listening to that piece. Um, you know how far I wanted to go and how far I was comfortable with, and yeah. if I wanted to just leave it and then change it later, that was okay too. Yeah, and really kind of explore what your expectations were at the start, mm. um, and just you know just so that it would give him boundaries, I suppose as well, um, and just to know you know how far to go. So I you know I thought that was that was really cool at the start, and I think people would be interested in that you know especially for people who who mightn't be that comfortable getting into the lifestyle this is a really kind of safe um uh, way to to begin where you're in complete control of whatever happens mm. and you know again the what I, I really liked about it was that he kept reinforcing that it was the woman who was the most important uh, person in the room and the, the the whole thing was focused around her and her pleasure and she dictated and controlled the whole thing and everything was focused on mm. on her pleasure. It was very erotic though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, I suppose I'd always fantasized about kind of massage like who doesn't? It's 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 a real kind of sexy kind of scenario and for me it was very much a voyeur kind of experience for most of it. Um but um yeah, the idea of seeing you up on the table um stripped naked stripped naked covered being, in oil yeah being rubbed down and we'll get to the sexy part in, <laughs> in just a minute but um but but yeah so i i was i was all in and for me it was great it was real kind of uh, relaxing afternoon or evening mm. had a drink in the bar and then sat and watched you having a great massage for a couple it's 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 a really great thing to do mm. it's a great way to uh, uh, treat your wife or your partner for, for valentine's day <laughs> i agree <laughs> any any day of the week i agree yeah. and it was lovely and it was very sensual and he started off very slow kind of um you know rubbing me all over with oil and you know it didn't feel overtly sexual it didn't feel um, but it felt very sensuous. He had nice oils, you know, aromatic oils, and mm. he he had you know nice uh, music playing. It was really warm, because you you hate being cold. I do. So he he had plenty of warm towels all over the place just to keep every part of you warm, mm. which is really important for you. Yeah, yeah, um, because then I don't relax, you know. And if you're not warm enough, you're not going to relax. Yeah. So at the start, it was just really very relaxing, very chilled out. But the thing that you did right before that, which I thought was kind of cool, was, you know, once we'd gone through the kind of the checklist of, you know, uh -huh. X, Y and Z, you kind of jumped up and were all excited to get started and wanted to rip your clothes off. And he yeah, said, that sounds like me. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 no. This is the bit that I enjoy most. I like uh, unwrapping the woman so I can see exactly what she's like and um yeah he he really enjoyed yeah that he part. did yeah 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 and, and it was nice it was it's not something actually men do very often they don't um stop 
and take a moment mm. and, and slowly undress a woman and just appreciate the woman for what she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, without just wanting to get to the main course, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, this was real kind of... Um, and that was very intimate, actually. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a real kind of... Yeah, he wanted to feast his senses and really kind of enjoy every moment. And mm. yeah, often the anticipation at the, and the start is, is quite important. Mm. So, yeah, so then we went through the massage and he um, massaged every part of my body. Mm. Um, started with the back, massaged all down my back to my ass, um, all the way back to the backs of my thighs, my knees, the backs of my calves and feet. And then back up to my ass again and, you know, certainly spend quite a while massaging my ass, which was really nice, you know, because actually I remember that day I had been to a class before and my glutes um, were so sore. Mm. So (laughs) it was quite sore, actually, some of the massage, but it was brilliant. It felt great afterwards. I wasn't stiff the next day. It was fabulous. And then turned me over um, and started from my throat. And my throat is a very sensitive erotic area for me anyway. Um, Down my chest, my breasts, my nipples, my waist, all the way down to my yoni or the pussy area. Um, The thighs, insides of my thighs and all the way down my feet and back up again. Um, And so, you know, it was definitely... Like by the time I'd say this was an hour before I even mm. got to this stage, I was very relaxed and I suppose I was doing my mindfulness and my breathing as well. So I was even more relaxed. Um, and yeah, he started doing the yoni massage on me, which was really lovely. And you were watching, of course. Yeah. So I guess it was interesting watching him um, because part of his skill, I suppose, is like he knows a woman's body from a kind of a biological, physiological point of view very, very well. And he was able to tell different parts and even, you know, different sexual areas of your body. He was able to kind of, um, you know, especially when you became aroused Mm. and he was able to, you know, tell you things about your yoni that you didn't know before, Mm. you know, about how different parts were he could see were engorged and aroused and, almost kind of help you understand how you get aroused and mm. things things like that no he he did say to me before that um he can smell if a woman is aroused mm. even just having a straight massage if he's giving a woman a straight massage he can smell or he can feel um if she's getting aroused yeah and yeah. you know he said he'll never do anything about it but he said he can tell that just from the touch and the smell um, and I guess the way she moves, because I, as a woman, and I, I think anybody, once they're aroused, they start to move a bit more or wriggle a bit more, or squirm a bit more. Well, yeah, the way he put it was that um, the woman opens up to him. Mm. And, you know, he said, you know, quite a few times that you've completely opened up to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was before he actually did anything. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think, you know, that's partly indicative of how comfortable maybe and confident the woman is sexually too. Mm. So I think a lot of women go to him who, who maybe aren't that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, comfortable maybe. And his massage helps them, helps them become more comfortable, which is one of the great things about Tantra, you know. Mm. But anyway, so, yeah, he kind of learned. Um, I, I could see him from where I was kind of learning what aroused you at that point then because he tried different things rubbing your clit and um, using his fingers in different places and he was starting to learn more and more 
what what you liked sexually and mm. what was likely to make you come. Mm. And he found it. And he found it. Yeah. <laughs> Several times, I think. Mm. So for me, it was great. I was the room just so people can kind of picture it. You know, he has this massage table in the middle of the room. And then by a, a lovely kind of bay window, he had um, he had a really comfortable couch. So I was lying on the couch and there were times when he would when there was just silence and there was music and you could hear him rubbing your body. And then there was times where, you know, he would chat or you would chat. And a few times he said to me, you know, you can strip off if you want to feel you know, comfortable, you know, to do whatever you want. So um, by that point, when he'd made you come, I, I was stripped off pretty much. Mm. It wasn't completely naked. It was naked, hot room but anyway. Yeah, I, I had my cock out and um, I was kind of having a slow kind of just lazy kind of wank kind of watching you, <laughs> which was really kind of erotic and sensuous. Mm. Mm. It was very erotic having a slow wank, watching your wife having a massage and being made to come and in a really kind of relaxed way so you mm. would come a few times and then he would keep rubbing you then he would go back to your yoni and make you come again and it was just it was just lovely mm. yeah and then at the end of it um you know he said to you you know if you want to feel free to come over and help yeah. <laughs> and join in yeah. um and by then you know i was quite up and you were kind of wanting cock at that point. Yeah, I was kind of. Wanting, I don't mean to be crude. Yeah, it's been so so nice and erotic <laughs> so far. But. Yeah, I was kind of wanting you. Mm. Um, so it was really nice. We ended up having sex mm. over the table, um, yeah. while he watched. And in fact, he still kept on massaging. I think he was massaging my breasts at one stage while you were fucking me. Mm. Um, and it was really, it was lovely. But at, uh, you know, I do want to emphasize there was no pressure from him at any stage um, to do anything sexual. You know, it was left entirely up to me and what I wanted. Mm. Yeah, so I just want to say at this stage, there was never any pressure um, from John uh, to do anything sexual. It was left entirely up to me. And there was no pressure from you, obviously, either. Mm. It just felt very right. And it felt it felt very intimate, I suppose, between the three of us. And at one stage when I was kind of over the table um, and we were having sex, I think my legs were up in your chest mm. and you were holding my hips. And so John was kind of behind me and he was massaging my breasts and my throat. And it was really, really erotic. Now, it was super horny and it was yeah. it was amazing. Um, and it felt, you know, it just felt very intimate being part of it it was nearly like a threesome but without without it actually being uh, a threesome yeah yeah no i have strong memories of that of that kind of moment as well the table was a perfect height for me to fuck you on your on your back and yeah like we all felt very kind of close i mm. guess it was a really really lovely experience mm. and i think john takes a lot of pleasure out of giving people that kind of intimacy that that kind of pleasure and I think he, you know, he certainly likes watching couples. You know, he says mm. he's a voyeur, so he, you know, he likes watching. And I think, you know, it's all centered around the woman. So he likes, uh, you know, bringing the woman to that point where um, she's that aroused and she gets that much pleasure out of it. Mm. He gets a lot of, you know, pleasure from other people's pleasure and from having created that for them. You know, he's he's an, inc an incredibly giving person. Um, and I think he's, um, yeah, he's a real kind of special guy for that. And 
I think that's I think that's what Tantra is about. Mm, it's it it's is. about giving and sharing pleasure. Mm, mm. And I think essentially that's what John does. Mm. And it's a very rare thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like I've seen lots of accounts on Fab of other Tantra people and they're all about, you know, I'm ripped, gym body, nine inch cock and also Tantra expert, you know. Yeah, even and today I just got a message from this guy saying, oh, would love to meet up. You have an incredible body. I'm a Tantra expert. Um, I'd love to show you my skills. And it's all about me, 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 me. You know, there's nothing in that about the woman and what the woman might desire it's all about what the man desires and it's a very ego driven yeah which is kind of the opposite of what tantra is supposed to be yeah exactly so that's why you know i think john is you know it seems to me anyway to be the epitome of of the of the whole approach where it's based around the woman and and sensuality and intimacy yeah yeah and as john said you know um you know, if you can open a woman's heart, then you can open her legs, <laughs> you know, and it's 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 so true. You know, if you start with her legs, then it's not going to work. You no. Know? So, um, well, we leave our experience with Tanta there, but it's something I would encourage anybody who's interested to try and experience. Um, there aren't that many male practitioners of Tantra in Ireland um, professionally. There are quite a few women, I think. Um, and if you're a woman and you want to get in touch with us who, pra- who practices tantra massage, please do so, because we'd love to hear from a female tantra massage as well, yeah. here as well. Um, I would love to have a tantra massage from yeah. a woman, so please get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and if you're interested in seeing John or um, getting in touch with John, um, just shoot us a DM and we'll put you in touch. Yep, very good. So we go on to our next, our new segment, which we're quite excited about. Yeah, is the question time section. Yeah, we should have a jingle for this. Yeah, we should really. But we don't. Not yet. No. But maybe for next week. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll let you handle the questions because you're the one who picked the questions this time. Yeah, so we ha- we've had quite a few and um, one of them I've kind of grouped into the first kind of section and it's about us as a couple and... Um, would we ever consider not being in the lifestyle? So this came from someone I know and they've been in the lifestyle for seven or eight years, done an awful lot. And at this stage, you know, they couldn't imagine not being in the in the lifestyle. And they just wondered what our perspective on it was. Would would we ever, you know, go back to being vanilla again? Um, it's, I think it's incredibly hard to say because you really don't know what the future holds. Um, I think if if something happens, like in terms of health or life circumstances change, uh, then it it possibly we could um, or we would. But if things stay as they are, you know, I I certainly have no intention of yeah. going back. No. No, <laughs> I, it feels very comfortable for us, and it feels very right. Yeah, I mean, it is a lifestyle. It's it's a lifestyle decision, and it it is a change in your whole perspective on your life and how you see things and your values I suppose so you know once you make that change it's very hard to go back to you know you'd need to do a whole paradigm shift in reverse and go Mm. back to the way you saw the world before and Mm. I don't know if that's possible though really is it well no that's what I'm saying I don't think it is you know I think it's once you once you cross the line I don't think it's hard to go back Mm. I mean I think if if for health reasons or something or um, for family reasons you know, possibly we would short term, but mm. I don't know. Maybe when we're eighty, and then 
I don't know, like, you know. There's probably loads of really horny 80 year olds who are kind of, well, if they could, do say, actually, this is really interesting. Um, statistics have shown that the over 65 um, are the ones most likely to catch and spread STI, sexually transmitted yeah. infections. Well, all those old folks' homes, you know, you see people running around. At, well, <laughs> well, maybe not running around, but on their Zimmer frames after each other. It's I'd be rife, the, yeah. I'd be that old guy in a yeah. coat wanting to get on one of the nurses. Yeah, well, it's like, and it, it's really, yeah, so. I've never had a nurse. I'm, I might have to wait until I'm 80 in, in, in an old folks' home before I do. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully okay, not. Okay, so, like. so we've put that one to bed. Probably not, but, but you never, never say never. I think yeah, is, and is it, the answer. Like, what we've done in the past is we've taken breaks, you know, so like we've we've taken a couple of breaks. So I think that would be as close as we would come to. And it. that leads us to the next question. So the next one was, yeah, if one of you wanted to stop and the other didn't, um, what would you do? Well, I suppose, like you said, we've taken breaks. I know last year I took a break for about six months because of for health reasons. And I I didn't actively decide not to meet anyone. Um, I just became less and less interested in it because I had uh, kind of health issues. So I was more focused on that. And although you were still meeting people, I had no problem with that. Hmm. But, it, you know, it certainly, you know, I did become more and more uncomfortable uh, meeting people when you weren't. And I knew that you weren't even in the mood. It wasn't even just a choice. No, you knew I wasn't. It was I wasn't more f- forced. On yeah, you, I wasn't feeling well. Um, so I became more and more un- uncomfortable uh, meeting people when when you weren't I didn't feel it was right so mm. for us you know it, that does kind of say that it, it it needs to be equal we, mm. we we both need to be and I didn't at the same time I didn't at any time say to you look don't go and meet anyone or hide your profile or don't go on tinder or don't go on fab or anything yeah. like that you actually t- said to me would you feel better if I wasn't meeting anyone or if we hid our, our fab profile for a while um, and actually, when you said that to me, I thought, actually, I would prefer that. Yeah. And although I didn't say it myself, I didn't say it to you. I think because it came from you, I felt I felt more reassured and I felt that you were wanting to support me and you weren't being selfish. And it was really nice. It was. And, and yeah, after that, we spent maybe three or four months um, not seeing anybody. That's probably not a long time for some people. Yeah. <laughs> It felt, yeah, but it, it's, it is kind of a long time for us. It was the longest, like, that we've spent, obviously. Yeah, but it was really break. nice, though. But it was really nice. We became very intimate. We weren't uh, having a lot of sex that time because of my health. Um, and so it was sporadic. But we were very close physically. And mm. we were very intimate in so many ways. Yeah. And um, it was actually a relief not to be texting other people, not have not to have to get back to messages from other people, to have uh, nobody else making demands on your time or yeah. your attention. Like I didn't log into Kick for like three months. It was, yeah, it was insane, you know. Yeah, so it was it was a really good break, but we both came to a period where we we both kind of felt like you know what. I'd really like We're to go back. We're actually ready for and, it again. Yeah, we'd like to go and, and 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 actually, I think the whole thing with John came about during that p- period when we were on a break, mm. um, and we didn't really want to see anybody else. We weren't interested in kind of having sex with anyone else, but we were interested still in exploring. Um, and I think that John came into our lives that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was a really positive 
thing for us to do at that stage. Mm. But I think what the question really was asking was um, if one person wanted to stop completely and the other person didn't. So if one person wanted out of the lifestyle altogether and uh, the other person wanted to keep going. It would be you who wanted to stop, wouldn't it? Dave? It would, yeah. Because it wouldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose for me anyway, if let's say, you know, hard to imagine but if you came up to me and said that you wanted out of the lifestyle it would be more trying to understand why you know so I think that's always kind of our approach with these things is to try and get to the reason behind the question you know what's, and, what's if, wrong the, and or, if there was a very good valid reason for it then what well yeah I mean I suppose then you know you'd um, well that's the discussion point in the relationship is you know why and figuring out, you know, situation the person's in or where their mind is at or how they're feeling. Um, and then but at the to, end of the day, and, if they I, still say, I still want out of the lifestyle, I don't want to participate anymore. What would you do? It's very difficult because it's, you know, you're putting yourself in a really hypothetical, you know, situation. But I don't know. Um, for me, the, our, our relationship would be the most important thing. And um, I would I would prioritize that, I guess. You know, that's that's as much as I can say for sure right now as to how I'd feel. Mm. Um, you know, it, it is very hard once you're in the lifestyle, um, as we said, you know, just a little while ago to go back to what you were before. There ain't no going back. But but at the same time, you know, if if let's say you said, I absolutely don't want to do this anymore, then I'd probably say, OK. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be, I like that. It depends for me. Um, if you said, I really don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to be kind of in the lifestyle, I don't want to have sex with other people, all I want is you, I'd be, you know, happy enough about that, as long as I could still have sex with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's the point. Like, would that then work for our relationship? Yeah, no, because... I d- no seriously, I don't know. I don't know because um, it depends. Because if you were happy enough for me to still see a few people here and there, then that might be fine. If it was if it was the other way around and you said it, um, I and I didn't want to have sex with anybody else except you anymore. I didn't want anybody else kind of encroaching in our lives. I think I'd probably say, OK, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'd like to think that I could be open minded enough for yeah. that. But who knows? Like, you know, I think it's very difficult to know until you're in that position. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I guess probably people find it interesting the way that we work, perhaps, you know, as a couple, because we are because we do play separately and, 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 and people find that kind of um, a bit hard to get their, their head around. So mm. the, the other kind of or the last question that we had that we thought was kind of interesting was um, and it's a question I ask myself sometimes. What, what is it you like about meeting people separately? Because uh, a lot of people just don't get it. Yeah, I guess for us, like we've we've spoken about this before, the meeting uh, people together. We have we, we still do meet people together. We often have um, threesomes or whatever we go to parties together all that kind of thing mm. so like we really really enjoy that that's really fun it's lovely kind of it's a lovely shared experience mm. but I suppose for me entering on this journey from the very beginning I, I wanted my own experiences I wanted to be separate from you um, because in so many ways like we've shared our lives for 20 years we have kids we have a house we have dogs we have everything together yeah. and sometimes for me personally I like to have 
something that's for me mm. um, and that might be my yoga that could be you know any bunch of things my friends any other hobbies um, but it's also part of me is is the whole sexual experience I, I kind of like to have something separate too yeah that sounds very selfish but well, that's actually how I feel yeah I mean when I first started as well my main motivation was to was live a rich life you know and I wanted lots of experiences and I wanted to experience lots of different things so you know that was that was part of it for me and a lot of it for me is about meeting people and you know you don't really get to develop much of a relationship with anyone else or know them if you're always with someone else or if you're as a couple no you don't and you don't you you definitely the experiences you have you know having been in both situations I think the experiences you have are completely different um, when you meet someone separately outside um, Mm. the relationship it is it is different now I will say that it's brilliant to be in a relationship because as somebody said to me just very recently, you know, it's great for you guys who are in couples because you can go back to each other. You have somebody to bounce things off. You have somebody to talk to. Um, You don't feel that sense of loneliness sometimes Mm. um, that maybe single people do. And I'm very aware of that because sometimes we've had kind of meets that have been shit, both of us. Yeah. And we can go back and talk about them. And it's just so great to feel like you can talk to somebody and, you know, they make you feel better and uh, they understand where you're coming from. And also then, you know, we have that kind of sympathy and that empathy as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is so important. Yeah, yeah. And I certainly feel kind of privileged as as well to be in that kind of situation too you know like I'm I don't take it for granted um, no you know like I'm very aware of when I meet single women as well that I'm in a very kind of advantageous uh, position you know a st- strong position if you like in in comparison to them um, and I'm just aware of that kind of power balance maybe as well where, you know, I, I have a partner and I'm secure and I can go off and explore and there's very little kind of danger or risk f- for me. Mm. But there is for them, you know, there's yeah, of course. Hu- huge kind of danger. Risk. So, uh, you know, I'm very aware of that. And, yeah. Um, I suppose more so in Tinder than, than, than Fab, you know. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Meeting separately is... Um, there's a it's huge different kind of... and it's different for everyone there are lots of couples who feel like it's not for them because they yeah. like to share they like and, the shared experience and and we meet separately or we meet differently as well when we meet separately you know like I do we? well just in terms of what we get out of it I suppose I mean you, Sex? you, know, you well no but you, you tend to <laughs> um, form more bonds with people and stay in touch with them for, yeah that's true for, for longer that's and true. that's what you get out of it you know Whereas I tend to be more of a flighty kind of, you know, the thrill for me is 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 different. You know, the thrill for you is in the chase. Yeah, it is. And once I've caught my prey, and uh, you know, and pounced, I te- I tend to move on to the next one. I tend to lose interest pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, or I do, I do. I've found that I'm like that. Although I've done that as well, yeah. plenty of times with plenty of people, you know, but. I tend now, um, after a few years, I tend to be more selective about who I meet. So I do chat to them for a while and I do uh, tend to feel like we have some kind of bond before you mm. even even meet for a coffee. You know, mm. it doesn't matter what they look like. um, doesn't matter what kind of cock they have. Yeah. <laughs> I have to feel that there is actually some kind of connection there. Yeah. 
and for me you know sometimes it's as much it's as much the challenge you know if i'm if i message someone on tinder let's say and they say to me oh i'm not into the open relationship thing at all that's just horrendous i'll immediately become a lot more interested and <laughs> i'll want to try and persuade them and turn them that's a typical male response though yeah it is yeah yeah i suppose yeah just, it is just yeah. Turns me yeah. On. yeah it's a very masculine ego driven kind of I'm idea not, well i'm not like that i'm a very sensitive kind of soul you know? no you're not <laughs> But yeah, and, and like people have asked me as well, you know, do I have a singles account on on Fab? And, you know, like I don't, I you know, I've only got a, obviously a Tinder account, which is, is singles. But, you know, I've thought about having a singles account on Fab before, but I never really saw the point, to be honest, mm. because I'd always be open about being in a relationship. And the women that only want to meet men who are single would ultimately ask me if I had a singles account are you attached and I'd say yes and they go well I'm not going to fucking meet you then why don't you message me from a couple's account yeah um so yeah I never really saw the point for for women it's different because men typically don't care whether you're attached or not yeah that's true um so for for women it's much more kind of makes sense to have a singles account yeah but well, for, yeah. For, for a guy um I don't know you're in a a pretty good position being in a couple's account and and being able to play separately too yeah I'm sure there are a lot of single men who'd be quite pissed off about that though (laughs) well I mean it's not as if it's a competition you know no (laughs) not at all um okay so that's kind of all of our questions and uh yeah that's really good I quite like the kind of the question part yeah no it's it's great and um, I'm not saying we have the answers we don't we're only kind of um talking from our own perspective and yeah but we really really appreciate the questions so keep them coming yeah so either on the room for more account on fab which is where most of them come in but you know the you know the accounts on instagram and twitter yeah room for more podcast and on twitter it's room for more one and gmail we sometimes get messages on gmail as well so room for more podcast and at gmail yeah which would be great yeah so I think that's it for this week I think it is we have no idea what we're going to talk about for our next podcast no we never do and it's better actually if the listeners come up with something for us so fire in a few a few questions <laughs> a few suggestions and we'll make it up as we go along which is what we usually uh, do okay thanks a million for listening okay, bye for now